What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, we're exploring some maneuvers the Dolphins can implore this offseason to parallel the moves of one of the teams playing in this year's Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today on the show, we are exploring some similarities between the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles and pathways that the Dolphins can look to implement in order to ensure that they find the kind of success that the Philadelphia Eagles did this season. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. And today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So uh, if you're not familiar with me, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com, not home, but a hotel down in Mobile, Alabama this week for the Senior Bowl before going out uh, to Phoenix next week for the Super Bowl. And... um Thought this uh, road trip would be a good opportunity for us to cover the Super Bowl and the Senior Bowl. So this week on the show, uh, we're looking at parallels between the Dolphins and the two teams playing in the Super Bowl. And then we're looking at the offensive and defensive side of the ball at the end of the week for Senior Bowl participants that I think make sense for the Dolphins on day two. So we got a great week of programming ahead, so make sure you hit subscribe and follow along your team every day. We don't just say we live here on the Lockdown Network. So let's dive in today. Uh, the Miami Dolphins played the Philadelphia Eagles. They had joint practices together. The Dolphins represented themselves well in those showcases at the beginning of the year. Uh, there's a couple dividing marks between these two teams. Um, but I do think there's a number of, of pretty significant parallels between the Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles, including some of what they did this offseason for their respective former Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, so it's kind of fun to put these two teams through this lens, especially when you consider Vic Fangio, who's been associated and reported to have agreed to terms with the Dolphins, and yet Vic Fangio reportedly has told at least two separate reporters, including now Mike Silver, that nothing's been decided on my end. So who the heck knows what's going on there? We'll find out. But Vic, right now, is a defensive consultant for the Eagles. So of course, right? Like This is a, a great topic for us to have um, here today on the show. I think about the, the construction of these two rosters. Um, the Dolphins and the Eagles both have a quarterback on a rookie contract, and I don't know if anybody saw the comments made by Brandon Bean after the Bills lost to the Bengals, but Brandon Bean talked about the significance of roster construction with a quarterback on a rookie contract versus not a rookie contract, and that's obviously uh, going to be very relevant for the Dolphins over the course of the next 12 to 18 to 24 months as they figure out long-term if they want to commit another significant contract to a Tungvalu or not. But these are two teams that have quarterbacks with unique skill sets that you can win with uh, on rookie contracts. These are two teams that traded a first-round pick this past spring to go out and get a bona fide number one wide receiver in um, A.J. Brown for the Philadelphia Eagles, which was traded for on draft night, and the Dolphins' Tyreek Hill, which happened early in the league calendar year. So they both went out and got a... Uh, pass catcher with a first-round pick, veteran pass catcher. They both also invested a first-round pick in an Alabama wide receiver in 2021. 
Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Um, these are teams that are aggressive offensively. They're they're more on the modern trends of fourth down aggressiveness. Um, they are teams that have a lot of depth up front. And quite frankly, I, I think there's roster construction parallels between even defensively the weak point for Philadelphia and, and maybe not this year because they got some significant player development, but it's the second level of defense. They're strong in the backfield and they're strong up front, but the linebackers are kind of the question mark. Now, TJ Edwards has taken a mon monumental step forward this year and the Eagles signed Kaiser uh, White free agency at the beginning of the offseason. But you, give, you even get down to get down to like salary cap manipulation and Howie Roseman and how well they have done manipulating the cap space and transitioning from winning window to rebuild to winning window. And they've done it three times now with Howie Roseman. Not a lot of executives get that kind of runway. Howie Roseman does. Um, versus the Dolphins with their contractual um, flexibility that they have. These are two teams that are, are good at, at manipulating the salary cap as well. So there's a number of parallels that I think are really fun between the two teams. And I think that it, it creates a very good pathway. Oh, by the way, the Eagles traded for a defensive starter um, in season with Chauncey Garner-Johnson. The Dolphins did so with Bradley Chubb. Philadelphia is ahead in a couple key areas. First and foremost, they, they got healthy quarterback play the entire season. That That's... That's going to be on the Dolphins and the protection unit and Tua Tagovailoa to make sure that we don't have the issues that we had this year moving forward. The Eagles and you know Jalen Hurts did have a a shoulder scare at the end of the regular season. Now they got the bye. They built themselves enough runway. Philadelphia's deeper up front on both sides of the ball. The Dolphins' defensive line strength, I think, compares favorably, especially if you're going to put them in a similar system. The Eagles probably have one more pass rusher of note. Um, and then they have like the Jordan Davis, Linval Joseph, true nose tackle type player that I think that Dolphins, uh, Raekwon Davis can be, we've seen flashes of Raekwon Davis do it, but I, I don't think it's down to down year over year consistent in the way that it needs to be for the Dolphins defense to operate at a really high level. So I think Miami defensively is very close to getting themselves in position to assimilate into Jonathan Gannon, Vic Fangio, that whole ideology. It's very close. I think you need another outside corner. And by the way, the Eagles, you want to talk about ways that the Dolphins can emulate what the Eagles have done. The Eagles signed James Bradbury after June for, he was a June 1st cut last year for one year, $7 million. James Bradbury is like Pro Bowl player, Pro Bowl caliber player. Those are the kinds of signings that they might not happen in mid-March. And if they don't, like, don't pull the ripcord and panic. It just is aligning yourself to have the proper flexibility. And that's where if you do talk about, well, do the Dolphins keep Byron Jones? Do they not keep Byron Jones? I think that's kind of where it gets interesting, is if you keep Byron Jones through June 1st and then something makes itself available with other post-June 1st cuts, the other shoe can drop and you can get the cap space and make a signing like that happen and get a player on board. So... That's just as I, I reflect on what Philly did this offseason, the parallels are fun, right, with the quarterback and trading for a wide receiver and drafting a Bama wide receiver and being aggressive offensively and, and having the same kind of DNA as far as where the strengths of your team are and are not 
defensively and how you manage the salary cap, although Philadelphia is much more um, involved in void years uh, for contracts, and that's a whole new master class of um, salary cap manipulation that the Dolphins haven't had to genuinely tap into yet, but I would expect they're probably going to start doing more of to maintain that flexibility. And then, you know, void years, you can manipulate it where you can re-sign a player, even though you're, you're taking a cap hit for a year, he's not under contract. But if you re-sign that player, that cap hits just absorbed into what you have, and then you can restructure it out. And so um, that'll be really big for Miami to borrow from Philadelphia as well. So we're going to, we're going to talk about other things that Miami can borrow from Philadelphia, the differences between the two teams. Uh, But before we do, Listen up, Valentine's Day is coming up, which means romance is in the air more than usual. I don't need to tell all you lovebirds that you've probably had your date plans on the calendar for weeks, but have you found the perfect Valentine's Day gift? Whether you're celebrating this day of romance or whether you're ready to pop the question, you can find the jewelry that is as unique as she is with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile, you can find the perfect piece of jewelry for life special moments or even create the custom engagement ring of her dreams. Their simple online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft that perfect piece to your specifications. Blue Nile's diamond guarantee, price guarantees allow you to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs, and Blue Nile can even meet or beat their price. Right now, you can save up to 50% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com for up to 50% off. BlueNile.com. I will say this. Nothing hits like hotel coffee. Nothing. It's undefeated. As I think about the Dolphins, and I reflect on their free agent signings, uh, the, the, the Eagles' free agent signings, I'm going to read through the names of players that they sign. And see if you have the same observation that I do. Uh, Philadelphia, this offseason, signed Hassan Reddick to a three-year, $45 million contract. By the way, Hassan Reddick, uh, like 18 sacks this year. Hybrid backer, versatility type. If you're looking for the best case scenario for a Andrew Van Ginkle, it's that the, the Dolphins find snaps for a player like the Eagles have found snaps. Uh, for Hassan Redding. I don't think Van Ginkle, who's a former five, is probably in that stratosphere as a player. Uh, Hassan Redding was a top 20 pick, and rightfully so, and it just took him a couple years in, in playing, kind of getting bounced around positions like he was in Philadelphia or in Arizona before he he's kind of hit the last three years. But the skill sets have some parallels that I think is notable. Uh, Derek Barnett, they re-signed three years, $15 million. Fletcher Cox signed a one-year, $14 million deal. He was a player that had void years. They re-upped him to make that happen. Uh, James Bradbury, the late signing, one year, $7 million. Kaiser White, one year, $3 million. Anthony Harris, one year, $2.5 million. Damakon Sue and Linval Joseph, they signed in season, one year, $2 million apiece. Boston Scott re-signed with the team for one year, $1.75 million. Zach Pascal, one year, $1.5 million. Jaquiski Tart, one year, $1.1 million. And I believe they ended up cutting him after they traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So a lot of one-year deals. They gave out two three-year contracts and everything else was a one-year deal. 
Hassan Reddick, and Derek Barnett. So when you talk about flexibility, going with the nucleus of your team that's locked in, and then not committing big guaranteed dollars to players who are not a part of that core nucleus and are all your complimentary players. Now, we saw the Dolphins do this to some degree this past year as well. Some of those were also players that, that you, know, you had some questions as far as if you wanted to give big money to. Toronto Armstead got $5 million, or five-year deal. Cedric Wilson got a three-year deal. Edmonds and uh, Connor Williams got two-year deals. Keon Crossan got a three-year deal. Durham Smythe got a two-year deal. Alec Ingle got a two-year deal. And then you get on, get on the gauntlet of Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Ingram, Eric Fisher, Trey Flowers, Raheem Mostert, Thomas Morstead, John Jenkins, uh, Trent Sherfield, Brennan Scarlett, Mohamed Sanu, who didn't make the team. Those were all one-year deals. Now, I would say the, I mean, the Chase Edmonds and, and Keon Crossan signings have not aged gracefully, and I don't think the Durham Smythe re-signing will, will age gracefully either. But you had Ingold, Connor Williams, and Toronto Armstead. Cedric Wilson, if we're honest, did, didn't age gracefully either because he never really got off the ground after the Tyreek Hill stuff happened. So uh, I think this year for Miami, it's a lot more dialed in on one-year deals. We know who the nucleus of the team is. The nucleus of the team is offensively. It's it's Tua Tungvaloa. It's Tron Armstead. It's Connor Williams. It's Robert Hunt. You do have the two young guys under rookie contracts in Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson. I think it's a fail if they're both starters at the beginning of next year, but they are under contract. It's Jalen Waddell. It's Tyreek Hill. Um, you got Eric Azucam as a guy that you drafted. You expect he's going to take a bigger role. That's the nucleus offensively. You got to figure out who you want to bring back. Defensively, it's Christian Wilkins, who will get a multi-year deal, and he should on the last year of his contract. Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips on a rookie contract. Zach Sealer's under contract. Xavier Howard's under contract. Javon Holland's on a rookie deal. Um, Brandon Jones locked in. That's like the nucleus defensively. The pieces that you fill in around that, Philly did a nice job of one-year deals, not locking yourself into too much for too long. I think the Dolphins would benefit from doing the same thing because Philly's nucleus, too, um, had parallels, as we kind of talked about what Philly did this offseason to, to build around a, a young quarterback. Now, the differences between Philadelphia and Miami, we, we talked about having depth on both sides of the ball. Philly's offensive line is it. Like, it, it's a really, really good group. So let's talk about Philly um, and what they have up front. They're starting Lane Johnson at right tackle. He is comparable to Teron Armstead. Oh, sometimes he's out of the lineup. He's one of the best in the game when he's healthy. Jason Kelsey at center, one of the best centers in football. Jordan Maitala was a seventh-round pick, played Australian rules football in 2018. They developed him. He's beaten out a first-round pick the following year in Andre Dillard. Landon Dickerson was a second-round pick in 2021, and he's a Pro Bowl player this year. And Isaac Ciamala was a third-round pick in 2016, and he's been a plus starter. Philly got five dudes up front. And their sixth guy is Andre Dillard, a first-round pick. And their seventh guy 
is Cam Jurgens, who was a second round pick this year, who they drafted in advance to replace Jason Kelsey. That's a group. It's a unit. Miami's got three of five. And if you've got Austin Jackson as the six, and then you've got Liam Eikenberg as the seven, then you can live in a world where you can be okay there. You just know your eighth is going to have to be a center who can snap. But that, like you, you need two quality starters up front. And what Philly is able to do is when Jalen Hurts passes for six first downs against an elite San Francisco 49ers defense, we pound the freaking rock. And Miles Sanders scores touchdowns, and Boston Scott scores touchdowns, and you get it going that way. That's the big difference between these two teams in my mind. Now, Philly had some significant leaps in performance on the second level of the defense. The Dolphins didn't have anybody playing linebacker this year who played, per, played and performed at the level that TJ Edwards did. Philly stayed healthy at corner. They had Bradbury and Darius Slay. Those are two Pro Bowl caliber players at corner. The Dolphins, you got Xavier Howard, who win healthy, is capable of that. And the rest of Philly's corners are small, too. And, and that, that's fun because it's it's the you think about the Keon Crossens and the Justin Bethels and the Cater Kohus of the world and the Mackenzie Alexanders, who they tried to sign and bring in. It's a lot of small corner, right? Like the, the parallels are real. Philly stayed healthier. They're better on the offensive line, and they could fall back on running the football when they needed to. The Dolphins can't can do that, and they didn't stay healthy this year. How do you solve those problems? That's the big mystery. And I think you need a dude on the second level of your defense, and you need another outside corner that you can rely on. And right now it's not Byron Jones. Maybe it could be Byron Jones, but I would still expect that they will go in a different direction when it's all said and done. So those are the parallels. It's a really interesting dynamic here uh, for a Philadelphia team who's getting ready to play in a Super Bowl. Um, Want to talk a little bit more about the Dolphins versus the Eagles and Howie Roseman and the job that he has done. And we're going to talk about that on the show. But before we do, i talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. This year, the only app that you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel, if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so that you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. FanDuel sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon to claim your no sweat first bet for Super Bowl Fifty Seven. That is FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, by the way, uh, I'm on Eagles money line. That's why we're doing the Eagles first this week. We're going to do Eagles and then we're going to do Chiefs. And Chiefs is a, there's not as many commonalities, but I did think it was topical to do both of these teams with the Super Bowl being played. And those these are the teams that you want to be amongst. These are the teams that you have to measure yourself against because the point is to play in this game on Sunday for all 32 teams, and only two are going to do it. And only one of them's going to win it. I think it's going to be the Eagles. For me, and I know this is 
locked on Dolphins, but as I, I look at Philadelphia, 70 sacks this year. It's third highest of all time. It four guys with 10-plus sacks. Brandon Graham, um, Hassan Reddick. You had Javon Hargrave inside. And Hargrave's an expiring contract. Go get that freaking dude. Please, let, let's go down the rabbit hole. Now, now I've talked myself into, we're really going to go off the rails here, but I'm going to acknowledge players who are expiring contracts for the Eagles that if they have to make financial decisions on and move on from, there's a, there's a number of guys that I think would make a ton of sense for the Dolphins. Javon Hargrave is first and foremost on that list. Now, that's a $13 million a year player. That's a big-time contract. Now, the Dolphins can get there. Another expiring contract defensively, James Bradbury, big needle mover. I would expect Brandon Graham will be back with the team. That's another guy that was around that $13 million mark. You compare and contrast that to the $4 million the Dolphins got Melvin Ingram for. Another expiring contract, TJ Edwards, the linebacker that I've been singing the praises of. Some good opportunities here for Miami, assuming that this transition to the defense that we're anticipating is coming it's not confirmed to come but even if it doesn't come the school of thought that the dolphins have pursued with their other candidates tends to have congruency as far as what the dolphins are trying to do how the dolphins are trying to play so that's good these are the kind of guys that are going to be relevant because tj edwards just had a career year with vic fangio coaching him as a defensive consultant now he wasn't the linebackers coach he wasn't the defensive coordinator but he's on staff there's an understanding there of this player's talents and skill sets. Javon Hargrave would be an absolute game changer for the Dolphins. He's more of a true nose. And that if you add that third penetration type player inside, I'm going to be honest, that will put you on Philadelphia's level of depth up front. And then you can sign a vet guy like a Melvin Ingram or a different body type. You can go out and sign and you really feel like you've got the horses. We didn't even mention Manuel Agba. But case in point, Philadelphia, I mean, these, these dudes have, uh, they, they traded for Robert Quinn in season at the trade deadline. Uh, they have Brandon Graham. They have Josh Sweat, who's a really good player. Uh, they have Hassan Reddick, who I've mentioned, They've they've really got a rotation of like two and a half deep on the edge that they can roll out. And Miami is close to that. Bradley Chubb, you got Emmanuel Agba, you got Jalen Phillips. Bring back Van Ginkle, and then a veteran guy would be two and a half deep. And then you've got Hargrave on the inside. That that would really change the game, I think, for Miami up front. Because he he's like a penetration type, but he's also raw power and nose tackle and wins with leverage. And that's just something with Raekwon because a taller guy, it's a hard world to live in. But if you told me the Dolphins went out and went Hargrave, Edwards, and Bradbury, if all those guys hit the market, and I don't think that they will, but I think it, it would help and benefit the Dolphins for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl because then they might be a little bit more relaxed to say, okay, well, we've won. Now let's transition and get ready for the next gear up because they do have with the void years at some point, they're going to have to take some L's with the cap. This might be the year if they win. I think they do. 
Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. Make it a great rest of your day. Hit subscribe on the show. We will be back again tomorrow looking at the Dolphins and the Chiefs and parallels between these two teams and what lessons the Dolphins can take from Kansas City. So talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great day.